Welcome to Life Words Day by Day. We're studying the book of Acts. Luke is writing to his friend Theophilus, telling him all that Jesus continued to do through the church in the power of the Holy Spirit. So notice with me how the Holy Spirit sets this up in the inspiration of the text. At the end of chapter 4, a summary statement is given about the life of the church. One heart, one soul. There was unity and great power and great grace. But then you have an interruption into all that, the account of Ananias and Sapphira. And that one heart and one soul thing was broken. No great power moving through the church at that point except for the power of God's discipline. God deals with sin in the church. Confronting sin is not initially enjoyable, but neither is it elective. I need you to know that we are not talking about the issue of confronting sin because I enjoy confronting sin. I don't particularly like having to confront sin in my own life, and I don't like it when my wife points sin out in my life, and I don't initially enjoy it when others come and rebuke me as they should. My natural tendency is to say, oh yeah, well what about you? And you may be saying, well Cliff, why don't you just let God handle it? It seems like he did a fine job in Acts chapter five. And the reality is, I believe, is that God can and does still continue discipline even in ways very similar to what we see in Acts chapter five. Do you remember in the book of 1 Corinthians where Paul says that some members of that church had fallen asleep because of their wrong attitude and approach to the Lord's Supper. But also, the Lord has given the church the responsibility to discipline the church. One of the characteristics of a healthy church is whether or not it has this element of discipline within her. Discipline keeps the church healthy. If a church is not willing to confront sin and exercise dis discipline, it's essentially saying that Jesus is not a worthy king that God didn't really mean it when he said, be holy for I am holy. Now keep in mind what we're talking about. We're not talking about gathering up a committee of sin police officers, but rather when a person or people live in obvious sin and are unrepentant, it needs to be confronted. And there is a biblical process to it. But for now, I just want us to see that confronting sin is not elective. It's not as if we walk down the buffet line and choose what elements we want in our church. There are some things that must be in the ingredients or you don't have a healthy church. What would a violin sound like if its strings were never stretched, never disciplined? Well, it wouldn't be long before it was out of tune, giving off an awful noise until finally the strings hung loose until the violin was of no use at all. In the same way, what impression, what sound does a church make when it is not disciplined? Boy, Cliff, you're getting into some sticky issues meddling into people's lives like this. If we start down this road, we're sure to repel people. No one wants to be a part of a church like that. Well, maybe, but maybe not. But God is not in a popularity contest. Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. And they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. You will see that for this church in Acts, to God, purity was more important than popularity. That's always the case in God's economy. Holiness 
is more important than people's happiness. You see it in verse 13. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. In other words, people kept a healthy distance from the church. They didn't want to be associated with the church in a casual way. So listen, popularity is thin, but purity is deep. Popularity can cost you integrity. Purity reveals integrity. Popularity is rarely pure, and purity is rarely popular. Popularity cares about what other people think, but purity cares about what God thinks. And this is something we need to allow God to build into our lives, that purity is more important than popularity. So hear me on this. We will never be a perfect church. We will never be a perfect people while on this earth. But you, as followers of Christ, as a church, should be a perfectible people. Jesus Christ came to this earth and lived a perfect life, kept the standard that God requires of every man. He died as a substitute. He didn't deserve to die because he had never sinned, but he came to take your punishment, your death. And when a person places faith in him, they get his righteousness transferred to them. They are completely righteous and perfect in Christ. That is their position. And in addition, since Christ rose from the dead, overcoming Satan, sin, and death, we have his resurrection life in us, in the person of the Holy Spirit, to lead us to repent from sin and conform our lives to the likeness of Jesus. Because of this, we can be a perfectible people. So when you pray today, remember to pray for Michael Poirier and his wife Ruth serving in Canada and Haiti as they build perfectible churches. Also, remember the Ukrainian LifeWord broadcast heard in America, Canada, and Ukraine.